open your mind and listen to new ideas. Point of view every Thursday from 10 to 12 on Mustard FM 89.6. Hello dear listeners, we are going to cover the point of view and as usual in the studio there is me Federica, Sonia and Miguel. I say as usual because uh, we already have been here together with Miguel and uh, <laughs> this time as well we are going to make fun of him. That is not the first recording that you make that but okay. <laughs> If our dear listeners already listened to our cultural program that was your first program and then our dear listeners already know that uh, you are our favorite speaker yeah. thank you but uh, i think that the discussion of today is not about uh, who is your favorite speaker federica it's about another, another topic no it was just to entertain our yeah. dear listeners you know i guess that uh, They are actually very interested uh, about uh, the about what's going on in Mustar. I also wanted to greet the owner of the little shop just uh, beneath of my apartment. If you are listening to me, hey, hello. I don't know what's your name, but I know that you always listen to Mustar FM. I just wanted to greet you. But maybe you know the name of the shop. Maybe we can make some advertise. Actually, no, because there is no label. Yeah, mm. exactly. So it's quite impossible. For some reason, we can understand each other, but it's quite impossible to communicate mm. because he speaks Hungarian, I speak English, and actually I don't want to disappoint him. And I always say Igen, 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 though I didn't understand at all what he said, but uh, he's so nice that really I don't want to disappoint him. And I pretend mm. that I understood, but it's actually not true. Uh, the problems of communication. Eh? Yes. And that's actually our topic, communication by the language, right? Yep. There are some debates in our countries uh, whether to introduce some new words that are the feminine of uh, previous words or not. Yeah, like for example, for the names of some professions, there are mostly uh, male versions of the profession, uh, though there are many women working in this field and still they are called with a male version of this job. Yeah. And the question of today is uh, whether we should or should not do this. And in general, we can talk about sexist language and how to eliminate it, probably. We should uh, use the um, neutral gender that it's for everyone but for now maybe first we have to explain what are neutral yeah. not neutral words but that makes sense i agree with you okay let's start with russian thank you well uh, in russia as you know maybe i hope that you know the revolution of 1917 brought the equal rights to everyone So women could actually work um, as uh, train drivers, on plants, doing some difficult jobs. Maybe not all of them, I don't know, but the majority probably. But at the same time, this revolution didn't bring any new grammatical rules to create the words. And yet some words appeared, emerged. Like, for example, there were words both for, like, uh, for example, pianist and the female pianist. 
And we even had a feminative, uh, which is a feminine form of a word, of a noun. We had feminatives for the word tavarish, which was tavarka. And I have to say it sounds really embarrassing because the sound resembles the name of a train that transports goods. And also tavarish, like a priori, doesn't have a gender if you know what I mean. But yeah, grammatically, it's a, it's masculine gender, grammatically. Um, at that point, in the beginning of the 20th century, some women saw, you know, the ability, the opportunity to be called with the ma- male version of the profession as a sign of equality. For example, we had this famous poet, or poetess, Marina Tsvetaeva, and she refused calling herself poetess, which is a feminine word, and she explicitly said that I want to be a poet, I want to be called a woman poet, so that people will know that I write poems not worse than men. So you can probably see that at that point women didn't want to be segregated. They saw these uh, new words as a new way to be distanced from the achievements of men. Yes, but at the same time, you want to be called uh, with a male name, which actually put you in a situation which uh, you don't want to be segregated as a woman, but uh, you are not going against uh, this uh, tendency or trend to see artists uh, or, in this case, uh, poets uh, only as males. Yeah, that's know? true. So she actually loses part of her personality part of her identity she lose her gender yeah you know yes for her it was important to show that i'm a woman but i write not worse than men and she did write not worse and <laughs> sometimes better on the other hand yes she actually didn't fight maybe you know for the right to have her own niche But also because I think uh, you should always contextualize the, the fightings and the battles. Uh, in this case, it was already a battle to write, uh, to be called a poet, though you were a girl. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, I mean, at the same time, we had for other professions, we had the names. And actually, the word poetess existed. It was okay. She herself didn't want But yeah, we cannot take Tsvetaeva out of the 20s and bring her to today's world and to judge her with today's uh, ideas. That's right. So my point is that the history of feminatives in the Russian language started in the beginning of the last century. But by the 60s, women in profession only called in masculine. So again, you know, it was kind of a regress. I don't know, maybe it was uh, also connected to the fact that a new nuclear family was formed and blah, 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 all the different stuff. But yeah, the truth is that almost all of the feminatives were kind of eliminated. Yeah, there was some, the state, like, for example, pianistka, which is a, you can maybe understand, feminine form of a pianist. Or, for example, teacher, uh, we mostly use which is a feminine. But for example, for professions where male were dominant, like composers, conductors, and many others, feminine forms stopped to being used. At the same time, I know that in the US, feminists started to fight for gender neutral or at least inclusive language. So that's the story of the language, which was first so revolutionary and then started to be more conservative, more traditional. And later I will tell you how the situation is today, 
but now let's maybe listen to this history of some other language, Spanish or Italian. Okay. And I actually wonder if you have some differences because your languages are the same. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> Miguelito. But actually it's interesting because it's, uh, the origin is uh, the Latin language, so maybe we have a lot of things in common. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, thinking about that, uh, for me, it's really interesting the difference between gender and sex in some words like a profession, that you say, because it's not the same for me in Spanish as for you in Russian or, or in English, that some profession, for example, are neutral, but for me, no, or whatever. But do you have for every profession, like, a or o? Not for every... Like, a, I'm, I'm sorry if our listeners do not know, a means... A feminine. Uh, feminine, yeah, or masculine. But not, not always. For example, you were talking about uh, pianist in Spanish. is pianista, but pianista is for men and women. And mm -hmm. Finnish in A, so it could sound like a feminine, but it's not feminine. It's a same in Italian. And also mm. pilot is uh, pilota, but it's the same for male and female. Yeah. But can you use different articles for these words? In this case, yes, for at yeah, the beginning, sure. yes. So yeah. it's kind of like not sexist, but this this profession, like pianist, unlike pilot, for example, pianist is uh, spread among women and men kind of equally, I think. Actually, I don't know about the story back in the time. Maybe I don't know, but yes, yes nowadays, yeah. Well, at least in Russia, yeah. I know. But pilot, for example, it's, um, it's a gender man. based, yeah. And only now we see more and more female yeah. flying in yeah. the plane. Okay, I'm sorry, didn't want to interrupt you. No, but it's interesting because maybe, I, I mean, maybe not. It's true that the uh, language has to adapt itself uh, during the different periods because it's true that in some periods, some professions are only for men or for women and that could change. And yeah. we are talking now about the, the changes that uh, we want or we believe that is necessary to include nowadays in our languages. I'm thinking now about famous case that happened in Spain some months ago. Because uh, for some politicians, for some politics parties, it's really interesting for them to include this inclusive language in the, into the debate. I'm talking about uh, equality between women and men. For example, we have a word that is a portavoz. Portavoz is a speaker. But, uh, but the speaker, I mean, in this uh, context was uh, in the parliament. So in one party, this speaker was a woman. And she called herself like a portavoz. Yeah, but uh, as far as I know, the word both means uh, voice. Yeah. So you actually cannot change this, maybe. That's the problem, because uh, we have to think about that if uh, you want to use an inclusive language or you want to change the language, you have to know your own language and not to commit some mistakes. Yeah, uh, I totally this, agree. In this case, it was a woman that uh, wanted to change the word portavoz into a feminine without knowing that portavoz is already feminine, because voz is, instead of it's a mm -hmm. O, voz is a feminine substantive, la voz. Yeah. On the origin, portavoz is feminine, it's not masculine. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't hear about this. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. But Miguel, when did it start, this uh, debate in Spain about feminine and masculine for some words? I know that uh, this debate in general started in the 60s, not uh, in, in Spain in general. Maybe so it was the wind from the West. Yeah, pretty old, no? I mean, at least for me, the time I'm only 26 years old. 
but it's true that in, in Spain we are discussing this uh, topic, uh, not uh, the topic of the language, the feminism. We are discussing it more now in the last 15 years, maybe, because we had a government, not the previous government, the previous one, between 2004 and 2009, 11, I don't remember. And during this period, the government introduced a lot of change in Spain. Like, uh, they permit uh, the marriage between people of the same sex. They allowed homosexual couples to the possibility to adopt children. I mean, that was kind of uh, the first time that happened, not only in Spain, even in Europe. They were really... Since this period until now, we are discussing more about... Uh, because the, a lot of different discussion appears about uh, different topics, and one of the topics was the language. But that's... A little bit polemic because uh, for the academy, um, because uh, the Spanish language is a language that uh, we talk in different countries and each country has their own rules. So I can only talk about the Spanish from Spain, not the Spanish from Mexico, because I don't know. And also the, the yeah, social sure. situation in Mexico or in Argentina or whatever. But what's your opinion about? My opinion is that uh, we have to be really careful. At least in my in my country, because that is an argument that, in my personal point of view, is used most of the time for marketing campaigns for some political parties. I yeah, that's true. In Italy, the same. I'm not saying that it's not necessary to discuss about the topic. Um, if it's necessary, in some cases, change the rules in our language. I mean, to create more equality between the genders and the sex. But it's also true that uh, if uh, we only follow the rules of these uh, illuminated people, we are going to lose a lot of uh, quality in our own language. Because, for example, in some moments, um, I think that we were discussing about it before the program, Sonia. It's really interesting the use of uh, the X or the... At. The ad. Yeah, from email addresses. Yeah. Not to discriminate in some words yeah. between women and men. But I think it's only eligible for Spanish. Uh, I don't know, because in Italian you don't uh, you have different vowels mm. to indicate uh, the gender and the adjectives. Yeah. But in Spanish, I don't remember actually when I saw this, but maybe a couple of years ago, some green campaign had the advertisement and they used sign at in the word todos, todas, so yeah. meaning the two words in one. Yeah, we have kind of the same because we put uh, these uh, asterisks. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that is cool in advertising or in the social network. But uh, for example, if you want to write a novel, if you want to create something artistic, if uh, you are thinking at the same time that your language has to be inclusive or, I don't know, you are going to lose a lot of quality in your own work. Probably you cannot use uh, this sign ad or asterisk in, in every no, word. Not only, not only that, if, uh, for example, you, you cannot only, I mean, it's an, another possibility to say todos y todas, or los estudiantes y las estudiantes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you say that each time in each sentence, in, yeah. in each page, <laughs> who want to read this book or who <laughs> want to read this, uh, it's impossible. That's why I am in favor of the usage of uh, the neutral, because I think it's actually fair when you are talking about uh, women and men all together. For example, we say Sonia, Federica and Miguel are coming or came, just arrived. In Italian sounds uh, Sonia, Federica and Miguel sono arrivati, but arrivati is the male of uh, arrivate. 
that the female uh, would be arrivate. Why not arrivate and arrivati? Just because there is one male, you are excluding the female gender. But I have other examples about this. I'm sorry, I know that in French, this rule, the masculine predominance over feminine, only appeared in the 17th century. I'm, maybe it's not really correct information. Do you think in Italian and Spanish it was always like this, that the masculine over feminine? I think uh, in my language it was always like this in Italian. I don't know about this story, but yeah, it was always like that. Yeah, exactly. Even if he is one yeah, yeah. In, out of 50. Even, yeah. And yeah, that is kind of discriminating. But at the same time, if we, in this situation, use only feminine form, that is also discriminating towards men, even if he's only one. So yeah, gender neutral could be good. I just wanted to finish and give you another example of this uh, sexism in uh, the Italian language. And I think it's a very serious case of uh, sexism, this, uh, because uh, we don't say human rights We say i diritti dell'uomo, which means rights of men. Yeah, because men includes a woman in this uh, general. Exclude women. And at the same time include. But isn't this really sexist that maybe not all the languages, but in the majority of languages, really the word man also means human being. Mm. And is it the same in Spanish, like uh, human rights? No, it's the same as Federico in Italian is derecho de, del hombre. The rise of the man, yeah. But because a uh, man is, uh, if you want to talk about the group, it's always yeah, a mask. Yeah, you know, the fact is uh, that it's not written rights of men. It's written right of man as a singular. Diritti dell'uomo. This is uh, the sexism, in my opinion, because we know that uh, male prevails on the female So if we are talking about men and females, we have to talk about a group and we have to put the male gender. But if you are talking about one person, I think it's sexist to say the rights of a man. Yeah. But in this case, can you think maybe just hypothetically of any other possibility? Yeah. yeah, with human rights. The right of the man, the woman, the white woman, <laughs> no, the <laughs> black woman, <laughs> the Chinese woman. <laughs> Very funny, Miguelito. No, the human being. Rights the of human being. Yeah. How would it sound? I diritti dell'essere umano. It's a long saying, more letters. But we also say i diritti dell'uomo e del cittadino. That uh, means uh, uh, civil and human rights. Yeah, but I agree. This is a sexist thing. And actually, that's as well is masculine over feminine. That is, I think, maybe where it comes from. That we usually not only use masculine form for the group of both genders, but we also, when talking about some abstract person, mostly, at least in Russian, use the masculine form. We do not have masculine form in every verb, for example, but for past tenses and for adjectives, yes. So I myself try to use feminine because... If I have an example, why would I delete myself from this example? And I'm not a man, so I sometimes use feminine. But uh, grammatically, I don't think it is correct, because you're talking about some abstract, some hypothetical human being. Mm. I know that in English, for example, I've paid attention several years ago that, at least in nonfiction books, they started to use both he and she pronouns, and also sometimes they, which is gender neutral, when talking about some non-defined person. They? 
Yeah. Yeah, but because for them, they is neutral. <laughs> because for you, it wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, for your languages, it wouldn't be neutral. English in general doesn't have a gender, grammatical gender. Mm. Still, yeah. it's not super non-sexist. <laughs> but about the Italian debate, I just wanted to give some information about uh, the linguistic debate because actually in Italy as well was born uh, during the 60s and 70s. As you said, guys uh, came from the US where the debate was already open. During that period, as far as I know, emerged that actually a deep uh, discrimination uh, in the way women were represented uh, compared to men through the usage of the language. And that's why actually was raised the issue of the use of the gender in some words. In Italy, there was the same discussion, but was uh, discussed in the field of semiotic and philosophy. And in particular, there was one writer. Her name was Alma Sabatini. And she wrote in 1987, Sexism in the Italian Language. This is the literal translation of the book. Sorry, was it 1987, 1990? 1987 oh, mm -hmm. was published, uh, this book, uh, Sexism in the Italian Language, and was even published by the Council of Ministers. So it was uh, actually a huge debate. After this book, the issue was spread all over Italy and uh, was taken in consideration. But the real aim was to re-establish a gender equality through the language and the recognition of the gender intended as gender, or we can say I will read by the American meaning of gender, a concept developed in the U.S., that is the set of sociocultural features that are linked to belonging to one of uh, the two genders. And that was the main aim of uh, this discussion, to make a di distinction of the two genders. Uh, you know, it's interesting that in 1980, in the US, uh, prominent feminists Casey Miller and Kate Swift published a book called The Handbook of Non-Sexist Writing for Writers, Editors and Speakers. So I think 80s were the first attempts to call to some action, I don't know. I mean, in the language changing field. I'm pretty sure in Russia we didn't have anything like this at that time, at least. Do you think that the situation, I don't know, that the situation in Russia changed after the collapse of the Soviet Union? Not after the collapse of the Soviet Union, definitely. Yeah, women started to be more involved at some point uh, in economics. All the economics was deep down. I think now, for a couple of years at least, we have this debate over feminities, as I've already mentioned them. Those are the female forms of jobs, professions, and some activities. But the thing is that mostly in order to produce the new version, the feminine version of the noun, we use the suffix ka. For example, the word doctor means doctor, obviously. And using the word doctor ka is not that common and it actually... People do not like it. The majority doesn't like it, not because it's a feminine and not because it's not sexist, not because it's feminists who want to use it, but because it sounds dismissive. Because we also use the suffix ka in order to produce the diminutive form of some words. For example, for example, tetrat, which is a notebook, tetratka, little notebook, doesn't sound offensive. But when you put the same in order to call a woman, it sounds dismissive. 
and sounds offensive sometimes. So the debate is, yeah, how we have to change this. What are the ways? And on the other hand, maybe we still have these ideas of these words as offensive just because we are not used to them. Yeah, we also have uh, this uh, debate in Italy whether to call the female minister ministra or uh, mm -hmm. the female lawyer avvocatessa. Yeah, but it sounds okay, no? Or does it have some like double meaning behind for you? Not double meaning, but for some people it doesn't sound so beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. And at the here because uh, we are not used because for example, there is a uh, doctor, dottore and uh, dottoressa. But for us it's okay because we are used to listen to this or infermiere, infermiera, nurse. Infermiere, infermiera is okay, but uh, for some reason, ministro and the ministra, which means minister, isn't okay because we are not used to listen. Yeah. But actually, uh, it's the same. Maybe yeah. because nurse is traditional uh, woman work. No, but in Italian, there was uh, the male and then was uh, introduced the female. But yeah, actually, as you've already touched the topic of the traditional female work, there is also a question then if we are trying to invent new feminine versions of the profession, then we should also try to invent masculine. I don't know. Do you probably have these yeah. names of professions in your languages that are mostly predominantly for women, traditionally? Asafata. What does it mean? I don't know the English name, but this person that is uh, working in the planes. Ah, flight attendant. Yeah. Yeah, we too. Stewardessa. And you can notice that there is a French suffix. Actually, we have two different words. Hostess for female and steward for men. We have steward for men. Or board provadnik, which is a flight attendant. But flight attendant is more neutral. I mean, it's neutral. Yeah, we also have in Italian. Mm. Yeah. Board provadnik, flight attendant, it's male. Oh. But board provadnica, it's female. In Italian, it's assistente di volo for both of mm -hmm. them. But it's neutral, right? Yes. Yeah, kind of neutral. It's uh, both female and male because, yeah. as you know, we don't have the neutral anymore, but we used to have uh, with Latin language, and I think it's kind of stupid to delete the neutral, in my opinion, because some words are feminine or masculine in the base of nothing. Because, for example, you can say table and desk, in two different ways, il tavolo, la scrivania. They are male and female. So it means the same, or are you means talking about same. different but tables? But uh, scrivania probably is for uh, it's like a desk. Yeah, that's, la scrivania. Maybe it's only the desk and the table. Il tavolo. It's both. Mm -hmm. But basically, you know, the object is the same. The thing is the same. So there are some things that, in my opinion, they have whether female or male, but in the base of nothing. Or, for example, eco, you know eco, mm -hmm. eco of your voice. Yeah. For me, shouldn't have a gender. Why do you have to say that it's female? For me, it's not. I think maybe it's because of the mythology. I think it was a nymph. Yeah, but in Latin it was uh, neutral. Yeah, actually in Russian it's neutral as well, just yeah. because of the last letter of the word. Yeah, but the reality reflects the life and traditionally... I mean, it's obvious, but many professions are were predominantly for men, yeah. a majority of them. And that's why we have housewives and we don't have house husbands. Yeah. 
You know, for example, in Spanish, back in the time, not too many years ago, we only have a word, a masculine word to say medical doctor, I mean medical. Mm -hmm. Medical. Or, for example, judge, with. Mm -hmm. There was not a female word to say this profession because uh, there was not too many women working in this profession. But uh, that nowadays changed and uh, is accepted to say medica or jueza. Yeah, actually, this is uh, the real starting point of uh, the debate because uh, at the very beginning, uh, there were no politics women. So you didn't need the female of uh, that particular job. But now women are perfectly integrated in the society. So why shouldn't use the female version of that yeah. job? Just I because sounds weird. weird yeah. yeah, after all this time, yeah. But also I think that uh, at the beginning, the, as you said, the, that was a masculine work. So maybe could be also another intention to keep this situation only for men to use only the masculine word to let create the idea yeah. in the women that for them was impossible to access to this job. I just wanted to add that as well, I think as in your languages, some not new, but the feminine versions of the names for profession are okay. For example, jurist, juristka, which is a lawyer, and it sounds super okay. While afterka, like a woman author for some people, doesn't sound okay. But it's practically the same. Juristka, afterka, for you it should be the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The same in Italian. And I think it's very interesting what Miguel said because uh, it opened up another issue that is uh, related to the usage of uh, the language because actually the language can give you some ideas about the society itself. For example, in Russian you have a lot of words that are not present in other languages and that can explain in my opinion some feelings and some some mm, concepts yeah. that uh, we even have difficulties to explain with a lot of yeah. words but you have one word yeah. that can explain uh, explain yeah. and uh, this is in my opinion expression of your society you know and if you keep as you said the male and you don't insert the female for other jobs, then, in my opinion, it's expression of uh, patriarchal society as well. I think uh, this is the main reason why I would like to have the feminine version for some jobs, not uh, for the name itself. Yeah, because when you have a concept, uh, you have a name for the concept that you let this concept exist. If you kind of don't have a name for the concept, it's not in your mind there's this opportunity. Yeah, you, you don't even think about the, the possibility yeah. of that. Like, yeah. for example, firemen. I know that there was kind of debate in the US when they wanted to change the name for the profession to firefighter, which is gender neutral, so that there w would be more women in the profession. And you know that uh, what you've just said made me think about this linguistic relativity theory, which implies that our thinking, our mindset, yeah, maybe. our mindset is to a certain extent formed and influenced by the language. And yeah, as you've mentioned, uh, the words in Russian that express some concepts. I mean, these concepts only sometimes exist in a particular language. I don't know how many words for snow Eskimos language has, mm. but like. 100 maybe, less, I don't know. And that's the same for the professions. I'm sorry, if a girl, when she's seven, eight, only hears like, I don't know, doctor, doctor, 
I mean, in your language, if it's not gender neutral, she will not consider maybe going to medical yeah. school. And also in the in the opposite saying, as you said before, that a uh, housewoman or teacher. Or I don't know. In Russian, teacher is a feminine. feminine? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I think uh, this is another issue. It includes also the way to teach of the society itself and the books that you use because, uh, for example, when I was a child, there was always the man with the tie and the shirt and he was uh, the worker. And then there was uh, the woman that was uh, in the kitchen mm-hmm. yeah. cooking, <laughs> I mean. But uh, we, are, we are not talking anymore about language. We are talking now about the yeah, that's yeah. What I mean. issues it's, it's in general. It's connected to language yeah, because you have the image. But uh, that you uh, have a name for it. If you have a, a little daughter or a little, I don't have a daughter. No, definitely <laughs> can't. <laughs> it's not common inside the family to give uh, some present for this little girl or for this little guy. That this present define the role that they have to assume in the society, like uh, some. A sport uh, present to the guy, but for the woman, of course, a little doll or uh, of yeah. course. Actually, I wrote my dissertation and at the bachelor degree about uh, women in politics, and uh, actually I made a, a research about uh, how women are educated first because they are educated to have some kind of roles and these roles don't fit with uh, the world of politics. But what are the main points of this education that they had? I mean, did they have any particular experiences that uh, led them to this position or they just fought with the... Are you talking about my dissertation? Actually, according to my researches, women are always educated to be some kind of uh, people. I mean, when you are a girl and uh, you are a child and you make some mistakes, uh, for example, you swear or uh, you dirty yourself uh, or you play football, at least to me happened a lot of time, but I'm sure to you, Sonia, and to all the girls of my generation happened a lot that teacher come to you and tells you but you are a girl if you say to them but also Paolo told this but you are a girl (laughs) you shouldn't do this (laughs) so since uh, you are a child you are actually educated to behave in some kind of ways that's why men have uh, a stronger attitude to lead the group because women are always reprimanded and uh, they always have to prove that uh, they are good girls instead men is more free and no, also for um, this free is not a word no but you are not reprimanded for uh, really maybe you cannot I mean, play for example you with know, dolls boys will you be are, boys yeah the same you cannot play with dolls or with, or with like yes. you, are, you are homosexual <laughs> actually I talked uh, <laughs> about uh, the other side of uh, being a male because uh, it's sexist as well mm-hmm. with male because uh, for example if you play with dolls or uh, you play with a girl pretending uh, I don't know that you are Ken and uh, she's Barbie you are considered to be a weak child and uh, you are pushed to play football or uh, to make some other activities that are much more masculine Mm. you know 
And that's how started my dissertation about the education of people, the different kind of education that uh, we receive when we are children. And this turns to be this education actually because later it kind of modifies your personality we can say yeah it influences uh, i suppose that is also a problem to be always repressed for the society if you want to make something but it's not allowed for you or it's not yeah so and the question if coming back to the language i'm sorry that yeah. i interrupted you the question is how does this repression come because of these traditions because of this traditional image of a boy or a girl and if we do not for example implement new words whether they are not gender neutral or gender neutral and how we allow girls boys to see other perspectives yeah in fact in an article there was written that uh, it's actually necessary to introduce the feminine words of some jobs but not for the words themselves as i told you but because uh, we should stop to hand down some wrong and negative prejudice about uh, women and about our society that is uh, run and composed only by men. That's not true. But I have a question, maybe for you, Vede, more than for Miguel. What do you think? Does the language actually follow the changes in the society or it inspires the changes in the society? So what should be first? That's an interesting question, actually. I would say that uh, the government before Salvini, Renzi, with Renzi, a lot of women came into politics. So during that period, I heard a lot about changing the words in feminine, you know. Now, just to give you an answer, I... I would say that languages follow the societies. But I'm not sure because I think it's um, vice versa, you know. Also, society follows the languages. Yeah, maybe if really some of our cognitive functions are formed by the language that we speak since the birth, maybe, yes, maybe this is how we can change. But it's like a huge change. For example, can you imagine a generation of children if we start to raise all the children now, telling them these words, uh, using gender-neutral language, maybe in 20 years or less we can have a healthy society i don't know i don't really know uh, maybe it's not the basis but at least not that sexist yeah maybe but first of all we should start to teach uh, in a very equal way yeah I mean. that, yeah of course i wanted to, to also tell you about the situation now another situation now with this gender neutral language it's spread in the russian internet they started a year, maybe a couple years ago, someone started to use underscore after the stem of the noun or an adjective or an, a verb, if it implies the gender, and only after underscore the letter that means uh, gender. I don't think I really understand how it works. But for example, when a person posts something and writes this dash, this person includes other genders, but for this particular reason, chooses this one. But it's not to make the language, for example, discriminative towards men. I'm not sure that actually can be used in uh, public. That probably, it's not uh, viable, it's not possible. No, I just wanted to add that, uh, for example, these uh, asterisks yeah. in public. Uh, I would say that, uh, for example, in television, some presenters, uh, they sometimes 
sometimes it's not that common, but sometimes they just say ciao a tutti mm. without the final <laughs> letter. Ah, you see, in Russian it would sound awkward if not pronounced the ending of the word. No, no, it sounds awkward to <laughs> us as well, <laughs> yes. but it's so fair that I like it a lot. <laughs> but uh, Miguel, in Spanish, do you also use asterisks, right? Because you have some other ways now to change the language to make it more inclusive. Yeah, with this et and the x. And also I know that in Argentina, for example, for some words they use the E. That for me doesn't make sense, but for them change. So the, it's the like gender. gender neutral. Yeah. But what do you think about the usage of uh, neutral instead of the gender? I mean, for some words. I prefer it. I mean, if it's possible, because I think that all the language has a lot of possibilities to find the neutral way. The only thing is before talk or before write. Take a moment, think about that. But also because uh, we used to have it. Uh, I found an article that actually we lost it because of uh, the invasions of other population that influenced our languages. But we used to have it. Uh, I want to go back to Latin. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you, you <laughs> when you were a Roman Empire? No, when we were in Latin language. But when was it? <laughs> a Roman Empire. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. When we used to talk in Latin, we, <laughs> me, Miguel. Not you, you are excluded right now. <laughs> That's also complicated, don't you think that maybe right now that uh, in our language is so big, the influence of uh, English. Yeah, this is another topic about languages. For example, my mother is kind of Nazist about this because she says, uh, no, because in the Italian vocabulary now there are a lot of uh, English terms. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> At least uh, you can understand some English words. But yeah, this but this concept uh, exists, like, for example, on internet feedback, yeah. right? Something that you say and you're talking about one particular thing. But also like some items of uh, the computer for example we don't have the italian of mouse oh really we, we say mushka which means mouse no we <laughs> we only say mouse and you also say uh, download for example download <laughs> no but we also say scaricare which means download yes i know what you mean when you talk about this english words we have special also name for those anglicism i don't know if uh, it exists actually in the english and it's funny when people who actually use these english words that are not real russians then they start to shout that feminists are ruining the russian language with these feminatives which doesn't make sense because language is actually alive i mean it changes always yeah exactly it's actually made to change yeah once you used to speak latin <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> not we are not talking about the roman empire but uh, the latin language was very good i really liked it to study <laughs> but miguel confessed me that he haven't studied <laughs> Never in my life. I was sure that he studied the Latin language. Actually, no. I regret a lot because I would have done, you know, the classic Lyceum uh, because I wanted to study ancient Greek as well. In Spanish, you have to make the decision. Um, one of the decisions is that you can study Latin and the ancient Greek at the same time. No, we don't have choice. If you want to study only Latin, you should have to scientific lyceum. Otherwise, if you go to classic, you should study both of them. But if I could go back to Latin, to Roman Empire, to Latin, not to Roman Empire, I would study. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm joking. If I would go back, I would study to the classical lyceum. Okay, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, <laughs> 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 That's the life of our speakers. <laughs>
what would they do if they had a time machine? Yeah, I would like to know to start smoke never. <laughs> I would have to go far in my yeah. life. <laughs> no, but since you studied Latin, you can tell us about the situation with gender neutrality in the language, even though it's dead. What do you mean? I mean, just tell us how it was there. <laughs> in the Roman Empire. In the Roman Empire. <laughs> For example, a lot of uh, things... They were neutral because it doesn't make sense to give a gender to a, an object. But for example, when speaking about people in plural, was there also this way to the masculine over feminine? Like for example, you say Federica, ah, you Federica Miguel and Sonia are beautiful. I don't remember. I think uh, it was one word and it was in neutral, but I don't remember. But we hope that at least there it was okay. And in Russian, we don't have a gender in plural adjective. Yeah, but actually also Latin, now that I think about it, it was quite sexist. But I don't want to talk about Latin as a sexist language because I loved it <laughs> that much that I cannot judge so mm -hmm. far. But yeah, at least there was the neutral. We can talk uh, a little bit about this uh, linguistic relativity because uh, we talked about uh, the perception of society based on the language. I think uh, it's uh, very important to understand where do these ideas come from. So yeah, this um, linguistic relativity is a part of uh, relativism. And uh, it's also known as the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, Whorfianism. The idea on the base of uh, this uh, relativism is that the structure of a language affects its speaker's worldview or cognition. And thus people's perception are relative to their spoken language. And as far as I know, this um, linguistic relativity at the very beginning, I mean, uh, during the Second World War, was used by Nazi people to distinguish themselves uh, as a unique population, unique species in the world. But then eventually was reviewed this um, linguistic relativity and uh, were born two different versions of uh, the hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. The strong one, strong one and yes. the weak one. Mm -hmm. The strong one that says that language determines uh, thought and uh, linguistic categories limits and uh, determine cognitive uh, categories. And the weak version says that uh, linguistic categories and usage only influence thoughts and uh, decisions. But basically they want to give one idea that uh, the language system can influence our society and our way to perceive the society. Yeah, the first that you mentioned the strong one is also called linguistic determinism and it's uh, now believed to be uh, false because it's quite difficult to imagine if it was like this it would mean that all the people in Russia all the people in Spain all the people in Italy they all think they all behave in their own way and you cannot find people as similar but we also have experience we also have globalization cultural influence and obviously this uh, changes ourselves as well but yeah. the, the second one linguistic influence that makes sense yeah for me as well this makes sense because as we say the language is expression of our our society and vice versa because our society make our languages that's why i want to fight to find the feminine words or even better the neutral words for some jobs and in general i can give you some examples uh, in english 
that actually prove that English is also a sexist language, even though they do not have gender in the grammar. There is a word spinster. I think there is no such a word in Italian. I don't know about Spanish. In Russian, we have. Actually, it means like old woman, but not a really old woman, like old virgin or something like this. So spinster means a woman who is older than the age to have children, but also to get married. So mm-hmm. they spend their life alone. And do you have this concept in your language? Yeah, but maybe not like a war. Like uh, if uh, we want to say in this case about uh, this kind of woman, we say that uh, for a woman it's too late, but we say se, se la ha pasado la arroz. Oh, but there is this concept, real um, one, like name for a woman who is old um, to have children. She's not married. She's going to spend all her life alone. And this is a dismissive concept. That actually is offensive. We also have in okay. Italian, but we also have in male as well, but uh, it's uh, less. Yeah, in male, like bachelor, for example. Yeah, it's, it's better. I mean, it even sometimes cool that a man chose to be alone in his life. I don't know. At least in our Russian concept. Yeah. Or for example, career woman, right? In English, they have the saying career woman. But can you imagine them saying career man? No, because um, it's quite obvious. Yeah, that, that a man, man makes a career. <laughs> has a career. And yes. So, yeah, one saying career woman, why do we eliminate with this, if we're talking about uh, linguistic relativity, for a huge amount of women, we actually eliminate them from career, saying that this is a career woman, but you are, what, what are you, spinster or are you a housewife? Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be a housewife. It's not a bad thing to be alone. But the language that says that this is a housewife, it's discriminative. I mean, the word itself, it closes some opportunities for some women, even if they don't want to use it. For example, if we had a concept, if in English there was a concept, In my language, there was a concept of a house husband. Do you think for boys it would be not cool of course. To, to play? No, it would be okay for them to play house husband. If you have a concept of a house husband with some particular duties, then this concept is in your head since the very beginning of your life. And you don't think it's something unworthy of men. I don't know. I have to make an imagination work about that. For me, it sounds quite weird, but because I am not used to. But yeah, I think for everyone would be the same. And that's why I think that language could be sexist. But talking about sexist languages, there was an article in, in Italian about uh, Italian, the language, Italian language, that says that actually Italian is not sexist. For what reason is it is not? Ah, because uh, if we want to call, for example, the female minister, we can call ministra. Nobody stops us on doing this. Except for traditions, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> this and uh, maybe the vocabulary as well, because uh, if you, for example, speak in public or you write an article or you are referring to people and you use a word that it's actually not Italian, it should be approved by uh, the Kruska Academy. So you say that in order the word to be implemented in the official usage, it should be in the vocabulary as well. That's why we insert words in the language, because otherwise uh, I can tell. But you cannot just invent a word and then write it in the vocabulary and say, okay, guys, now there is a new word. No, first the word appears and then it's in the vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to come back to the topic of, uh, you know, the seller of the shop. I just wanted... <laughs> <laughs> because that's <Really>? it's time <laughs> we forgot about him <laughs> we forgot about him 
And actually, he is listening to me, I'm sure, because uh, he likes the music of Mustard FM. And I want to remind to our dear listeners that uh, we broadcast also Pink Floyd and <laughs> a lot of good music. And this is another reason why you should listen to Mustard FM 89.6. I want really to greet my friend of the shop. I don't know your name, but... Next time I will ask you and then I will greet you with your name. First you have to learn Hungarian. By the way, we didn't <laughs> speak about Hungarian and <laughs> we are in Hungary. I want to say that Hungarian is not uh, really sexist. They do not have a gender at all. I mean, not Hungarians. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the only thing that I can say about Hungarian language is Pachanat. Nembezelek Magyarul. Yes. You can uh, learn other professions, for example, and good for you. You can only learn male version, and then in order to make a female version, you just can add nye in the end of the word. For example, cines, actor, cines, nye, actress. That was a short Hungarian lesson for you. The thing that I really don't understand in Hungarian, that when a woman, I don't think they do it now, because it's 21st century, but until recently, women, when getting married, they didn't only take the last name of the man, of the husband, but also the first name, adding the letters nye in the word of the name. So if, for example, you marry Gabor, you become Gabor nye, and you lose your identity. Sounds awful. Dystopian society. Now they do not do it. But, but actually, Totki, about uh, the Hungarian language I just uh, discovered uh, recently I mean I've discovered uh, that uh, our beloved Nire Chasa it's called Nye Nire Chasa with the Nye you didn't know that <laughs> no I didn't know Nire Chasa it's not Nire Chasa Nire Chasa Nire Chasa Do you know what it means? Mm. I asked Dori, but she told me that has no meaning that has a meaning Chasa is house Chasa Chasa is a church Nir is a birch. Do you know the tree uh, that's white with black ah, lines? Yes. It's a Russian tree. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it's the church of a birch. Literally, it means the church of a birch. Wow. Birkenkirche was its name in German. Okay. Some random facts. Uh, we have the linguist. Do you want to know another random fact? I'm hungry. Okay, now we have to wrap up because um, though it's uh, only 12, Miguelito is already hungry. So we have to greet you, dear listeners. I hope that uh, you liked our program and I hope that you will follow us again with a new episode of Point of View. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The day for Point of View is always the same. Every Thursday from 10 to 12 on Mushtar FM 89.6.